Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. We come to the time of year in which we begin to Think about Thanksgiving, giving thanks, and thank you, choir, for leading us in all those songs about Thanksgiving. And I tell you that that uh, "Showers of Blessing" song that we sang, I always used it used to be one of my favorite songs growing up because every time it seemed like our choir director going, growing up would see that it was going to rain or had rain, he would have us sing Showers of Blessing. Or if we needed rain, we'd sing Showers of Blessing. We, sh- we sang that song all the time. And uh, so uh, it, it's, a, it's a, one of my favorites from uh, way back. But God does shower His blessings on us and we need to take the time from time to time to thank God for all He's done. And, and let's take a moment right now as we begin our time to, to pray and ask God for direction and to thank Him most of all for all He's done. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You so much for all You've done for us and for the many blessings that You pour out upon our lives, Lord, not just this week but throughout our life. And Lord, we thank You for the abundance of Your uh, goodness to us. And Father, I pray that as we uh, take a moment to to study Your Word and as we seek to to draw ever closer to You and to hear Your voice in our life, Lord, that You would allow us to see Your Your great goodness to us. And Lord, that You would just uh, pour out Your blessings of Your presence in our life this uh, morning as we study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 66. Thanksgiving is a national holiday and uh, there's interesting history that goes along with how Thanksgiving came about. You'll recall the story of the pilgrims who came to uh, uh, the land that we now call the United States. They came in uh, 1621, uh, they came here and established a colony. And you may remember the story of Governor William Bradford uh, and all the hardships that the first colonists endured. Uh, they they endured a very hard time. In fact, um, uh, you may not know that Governor Bradford uh, lost his wife on the journey from uh, England to uh, the New World as she drowned on the journey here to America. In 1623, uh, after the colony had struggled for the first couple of years, they began to to see an abundance of of God's blessing upon their life after those first hard times. And uh, Governor Bradford issued a proclamation establishing that there would be a day of thanksgiving 
I'm going to read to you what he said in his proclamation. He declared, Insomuch as the great Father has given us this year an abundance of harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squash, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams. And insomuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, he has spared us from pestilence and disease, and he has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our conscience. On the basis of that proclamation on November the 25th, 1623, as a day uh, which he said for rendering thanksgiving to the almighty God for all of his blessings. That's how this nation started with a desire to, to worship God according to our own conscience and to praise God for all that, that he had done. Now remember these are the same people that nearly died off that first winter as a result of, of the cold and, and the many diseases that they endured. Uh, they nearly died off because they uh, weren't uh, familiar with the way in which to do uh, farming here in this country as opposed to what they came from. They had a hard time with uh, relations with the Indians that were already here. And many of them were uh, very afraid of the colonists, and so they uh, attacked them. And so for a year or so later, for, for Governor Bradford to establish a day of Thanksgiving was to show how much that had turned around. Now, Abraham Lincoln in 1863 established a national day of Thanksgiving. Now, uh, there was the Thanksgiving Day in 1623 that Governor Bradford established, uh, but it wasn't a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln did in 1863. And, and in the midst of the Civil War, he established that the fourth Tuesday, yes, I did say Tuesday, the fourth Tuesday in the month of November would be a day of thanksgiving for God and for allowing us to have... Uh, uh, the ability to to made it through yet another year in the abundance of God's blessings on our life. Not that the war, uh, the Civil War, was going well. Not that things were great. It was rather it was a, uh, an opportunity to to express to God what He had done. He said, "No human counsel has devised, or nor has any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger over our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy." In fact, I have that actual proclamation right here uh, that Abraham Lincoln established in. Uh, in fact, it, it goes. Abraham Lincoln wasn't the first president to establish a day of Thanksgiving. In fact, George Washington established on October the third, seventeen eighty nine. He made this Thanksgiving proclamation. He says, "Where it is, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the province of the Almighty God." to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor. And whereas His houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by 
acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of the Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. So he's, he wrote, Now therefore I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be the devoted to the people of the, these states to the service of the, that grateful, uh, that great and glorious being who is the bene, bene, uh, beneficent author of all good that was, that is, or will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation, for the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable uh, interpositions of his province in the course of the conclusion of the late war, and for the great degree of tranquility, union, and plenty which we have since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted, for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general for all the great and various favors which he hath been pleased to confer upon us. And so <clears throat> that is part of the... Uh, the proclamation given by George Washington the third day of October in 1789. Uh, it wasn't until Harry Truman came along and uh, in the 40s and established that the fourth Thursday would be a regular national holiday each year. But each president made a Thanksgiving proclamation starting all the way back with George Washington. And it's uh, it's been a part of our national heritage to take this time of the year to thank God for all that He has done and to take a day of thanksgiving. Unfortunately, in the last few years, I'm sure last few decades, it has become more and more a day of uh, football, parades, and eating a lot of food and nothing else. Uh, we tend to, to spend a lot of time worrying and fussing over uh, uh, making sure that we have a turkey or ham in the oven. And all of our family gets together and starts working on putting up the Christmas ornaments if they hadn't already done so. And we fail to take the time to be thankful to God for all He has done. <coughs> now, Psalm 66 if you're looking there right now, first of all, I want you to understand the word psalm comes from the Hebrew word that means hallelujah. The Hebrew word hallelujah is uh, where we get the, the word for psalms today. And uh, all of the psalms are songs of thanksgiving. And they are songs that allow us to, to understand what thankful hearts we need to have toward God for all He has done. There are songs of praise and worship to God and th of thanksgiving for all that He has done for us. And so uh, David wrote this psalm, Psalm 66, and it's a, a psalm of thanksgiving to God. And he says, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. 
Sing forth the honor of His name and make His praise glorious. Many times we fail to thank God. We tend to come to God and and I don't know about you but a lot of uh, but I know a lot of people have this tendency to be in a hurry when they talk to God okay God I got a couple seconds so let me let you know uh, bless the food and thank you for it and all that kind of thing but help this person and help that person do this do that or you're trying to say your prayers real quick before you drift off to sleep at night and you're trying to get everything in at the beginning of the prayer because you're not sure if you're going to make it all the way through your prayer before you fall asleep. And I hope that's not your prayer life. I hope you spend time praying to God more. But David said that we are to thank God for all of he, all he has done. Make sure that we thank God. Make sure that we make... In, in fact, he says, make a joyful noise unto God for all He has done. Praise God. Lift your voice. If you can't sing, make some kind of noise of thanksgiving to God and praise Him because He has done so many things for us. Sing forth the honor of His name and make praise glorious. We're to praise God. We're to thank God and take time to be sure that we Thank Him. We come to Him like He's some uh, waiter in a fine, fancy uh, French restaurant. God, I'd like to have this, and I'd like to have that. But over here where it has this, I don't want some of that. You know, you go to the restaurant and you you tend to want to recreate the chef's uh, dish. Uh, Can you make sure to hold... Uh, the onions. I'm not. I'm trying not to have bad breath. So uh, please take uh, the onions are probably an integral part of the dish. But you're trying to tell the chef how you want it. Uh, to make sure to ask him to hold the onions because uh, I don't want to have bad breath. And uh, add this to it. And we sit there and we tell God. God, I'd like to have this, and God, I'd like to have that, and this over here that you told me that would happen if I uh, did this, God, can you hold that and let me have this instead and be sure to do this and do that? We, we tend to want to uh, order God around like some waiter when He is the creator of all things. He is the, the architect of all that is, all of life. He is the one who is wise and Beyond all of our imagination, He has all wisdom, all knowledge, and we don't simply take the time to thank Him for allowing us to have what we have. Can you imagine coming before God Himself? If we if we prayed, you know, it's a good thing that we don't pray. And uh, uh, but if. Uh, like you would if you know we tend to say we have a big game when we're not in front of authority but as soon as you stand in front of a police officer who can arrest you and take you to jail (coughs) excuse me or we're standing in front of a judge that can fine us or put us in jail we tend to have all the respect and all the uh, we grant them all the the honor that they deserve Can you imagine when we pray if we actually were transported into the very presence of the throne room of God and we were standing there and saying the things we say in prayer 
face to face to God? Well, you're saying, well, preacher, didn't you say that God's everywhere and you're in the presence of God when you pray? Yes, that's my point. We need to remember we're in the very presence of God because He's everywhere. When we pray, we are granted the opportunity to stand before the altar of God and to to make our petition known to the Creator of all the universe. All that is, the One who is, who was, and wherever be, the One who has all power and authority, we ought to spend more time praising Him than sitting going down our Christmas list of God, I'd like to have this and I'd like to have that. God, I'd like to have this. And oh God, did you, did you see this? I, I'd love to have one of those too. We need to thank God. Thank Him for all that He does. Praise Him. Give Him glory and honor. Our prayers should be 90% praising and glorifying God and 10% pleading with God. We ought to be praising Him for all He is, for all He's done, for all He's doing, for all He will do. David says, Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works! Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. Now, the word terrible here does not mean like terrible, like your little two-year-old is going through the terrible twos. He means how great and how magnificent, how awesome are all your works. Overwhelming. How awesome are thou works. Through thy greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee, and all the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Now that word Selah is kind of like a break. It's kind of like when we sing in some of our hymns, Amen, at the end of a chorus or something like that. It's a break, Selah. This this was a song. This was a a song of praise to God. And so that word Selah is a, is a, a break. He says, all the earth is going to worship you and all, all of creation will sing unto you and all that, that is, except for us that are too busy nowadays to do any of that. Oh, well, if we would if we really uh, understood the awesomeness of what we... If we s- slowed down and took time to see how great and manifest God's goodness is to us. And I think, and I know Governor Bradford in 1623 was doing that. He was saying, look, we've come through the worst of all that is, and now we're coming to the time that we've had all this great harvest. We're going to be able to come through the winter without all of the, the hardship and difficulty that we did last winter. We have enough to get us through. Let's rejoice. Let's give, let's give God thanks. Our people aren't dying off like they did last year and the year before. We're going to make it. We're going to, we, we can see God's blessings to us that we're making, uh, we have a, uh, the assurance of God's goodness to us. And so often we fail to stop and do that today. Can you imagine 
what one of those pilgrims would think if he came into one of our homes and just opened up the refrigerator and saw all the food and looked into the cabinets. They would, they would be dumbfounded to see all the things that we have available to eat or go, go down to the grocery store. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, you and I don't have to live off of what we can scrap together uh, and, or go hunting and find. We, we, uh, we have all the blessings that we could ever think of. God's been so gracious to us. Come and see the works of God, verse 5. He is terrible in His doing towards the children of men. He turns the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in Him. He ruleth by His power forever, and His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. Okay, this section is talking about how God deals with us as a nation, as, as, as a people, and God brings to us so many great blessings. He doesn't deal with us the way we should be dealt with. He doesn't uh, uh, punish us for the things that we should be punished. He is gracious and good, and His, his loving kindness, His... his He's, he's long-suffering. God, uh, you know, that word is, is throughout the Bible, long-suffering. But, but what that means is, is that God should really punish us a lot sooner. But He's willing to wait and see if we'll repent. He's willing to, to hold off His punishment to allow us to have His grace and His mercy and His love be applied to our lives. He doesn't want... He's not, he's not quick to anger. He's not ready to... He's not a, a, a God that, that as soon as we do something wrong, wants ready to smack us and, and beat us down because we've done wrong. No, He's willing to, to be gracious with us, be understanding and loving, and allow us to have an opportunity to, to right our ways when we do wrong. And, he said, and David says, God does the same with us when we're a nation. He looks at us and He allows us, even when we're rebellious, rebellious, to have an opportunity to come back to Him. Oh, bless our God, ye people, verse 8, and make the voice of His praise be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For Thou, O God, hast proved us. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. And Thou hast brought us into the net. And thou hast laid affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou broughtest out into a wealthy place. And I will go into thy house with burnt offerings, and I will pay uh, thee my vows, which my lips have uh, uttered, and my mouth has spoken, and I was in when I was in trouble. And I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense, with the incense of rams. And I will offer uh, bullocks with goats. Selah. Now David here is talking about how God is, is allowing us to have an opportunity to rejoice at all the things that He has done. <coughs> to praise Him even in the midst of our suffering. Do you realize that, that many times God is proving us? He says, you, you've proved us like silver and gold. 
And what he's talking about is, is that God takes us in, uh, through the refiner's fire. God allows us to endure some hardships so that we can uh, grow stronger, so that we can grow to depend upon Him more and, and we can rely upon Him when things get really difficult. Because we've gone through the, the small difficulties in life to get us prepared for those really big challenges in our life. God has brought us through and not, uh, you know, uh, so often you'll see a parent that has a child that's learning to, to walk a little tight. Don't you just love those little toddlers? They're just barely able to keep their balance and they're just going like this and, and they're learning to walk and they'll get, they'll get to going and they'll, get, they'll go really fast because they, they, they're going in the forward motion and they know that they have to boogity, boogity, boogity their little feet to keep up with the, the top of their body. But every once in a while they'll, they'll uh, come up to something and boom, and they'll they'll fall on their little hiney and they'll they'll get back up and start trying to walk again and everything. You know, when they're like that, you got to kind of let them do that some, don't you? So they can get used to knowing how to stand on their own and and how to walk. You can't do like you did before they ever started walking and hold their hands throughout their whole life. You know, when, when they're first starting to walk, you, you kind of lift their hands up and you take their hands and you help them to, to make those steps and everything. But once they start getting it, you got to let them go so they can learn to keep their balance, right? Can you imagine if you, if you took that little toddler and you never let go because you didn't want them to fall? You didn't want them to get hurt. You didn't want them to, to, to experience the hardship of falling down. Well, they would always be dependent on you holding their hands. They would never get the strength and the ability to have that agility they need to be able to walk on their own because they're always dependent on you. And they would, uh, they would never fall, but they would never gain the strength of knowing how to hold their balance. God does the same thing with us. He holds us and helps us to get our feet under us but then He allows us to, to walk on our own so that we can learn to stand and gain strength and to have the ability to endure so that when we do fall, that we can pick ourselves back up. So that we'll grow stronger for the times where when, when we fall really hard, that we'll know, hey, you got to get up. we got to get up. we gotta, we got to pick ourselves up and move on. God doesn't want us to, to, to be weak. He wants us to be strong. And David here is talking about that, how God has seen us through the fire and He's seen us through the floods. He's allowed us to walk on dry land through the floods, but He's also allowed us to go through the flood. We, he didn't keep the flood from happening. Instead, He allowed us to see that He'll guide us through on dry land so that when the floods come again, we know, guess what? We can rely on God to see us through again. We can rely on God to make it through. We can know that God's going to be there for us. And so we ought to rejoice at those times. We re rejoice at the difficulties and the hardships that we go through. Not, but not necessarily just because we're finished going through the hardship, but that God got us through and He made us stronger in the midst of it. And that's what David's thanking God for here. 
I will pay my vows and I will be able to sing uh, praises to God and I'll lift up my sacrifices to God. Why? Because He has seen me through and allowed me to have that opportunity to do it. And I'll offer my uh, sacrifices. Why? Because I praise God for seeing me through. Come and hear verse 16. All ye that fear God, and I will declare what He hath done for my soul. I cried unto Him with my mouth, and He was extolled with my tongue. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away from my prayer, nor His mercy from me. We need to praise God. We need to exalt God. This last section, this verse 16 and forward, is saying, I'm going to praise God. Why? Because God's been there for me. I'm going to praise God because He's seen me through. I'm going to praise God because He is good to me when I didn't deserve to be good. Uh, he didn't deserve, I didn't deserve for Him to be good to me. I'm going to praise God because He has looked at me and He has heard my voice. He's heard my prayers. He's not a turned away from my prayers. Now, there's times where we feel like God's not hearing us. And it's hard to praise God in the midst of that. But what God is doing is He's, he's training us to depend upon Him. He's training us to know and understand His will. He's helping us to understand His purpose in our life and helping us to see His provision. David says, I'm going to praise God because guess what? He hears our prayers. He knows our heart. And we need to exalt God and praise Him because He's given us all that we need. And He's always there. Bless be God, which hath not turned away from my prayer, nor is mercy from me. Praise God. This week when you sit down with your family to have Thanksgiving dinner, make sure that you praise God. Take a moment not just to thank God for the food and to say a quick little prayer so that you can dive into the turkey and dressing, but make sure you take time to thank God for your family. Thank God for the home that you have. Thank God for the ability to sit down at a table and to have food to eat. Thank God for all He has done for you. Even if things aren't as great as you would hope them to be, God's still been there with you to get you through the toughest times. And He'll, he'll be there with you to see you through. God never promised us a rose garden. God never promised us a bed of roses. He never promised us that things would be easy, but He did promise us that He would see us through. He did promise us that He would make it, help us to get through. He did promise us that He'd always be there for us. Whenever I think of that, my mind always comes to the 23rd Psalm. Just about everybody knows the 23rd Psalm, just like just about everybody knows John 3.16. But just think about the 23rd Psalm and how the psalmist talks about how God is my shepherd. 
And because He is my shepherd, there's nothing that I want. That's something to thank God for. He sees me through the, the valley of the shadow of death. He makes sure that I'm cared for when I have cuts and bruises all over me. He rescues me from the pit when I get lost and I'm in danger. He's always there and He'll deliver me to where I'll find green pastures and still waters. He's always there for you. That's something to praise God for. You might not have the the McMansion on the side of a hill where you've got uh, everything you've always wanted. You might not have uh, a million dollars in the bank account, but God's blessed you with another day to live. That's something to praise God for. We ought to praise Him for all He's done. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we thank You for all that You are. Lord, I pray that You'd help us to grow ever closer to You, that we'd always lift our voice in praise and gratitude to You. Lord, I pray that that You'd help us to see Your hand in all that we have in our life, all that we do. Lord, that we might lift our voice with David and praise You in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of struggles. We still praise You for all that You do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.